Hey y'all, quick note. While My Hero Academia was created for kids, this podcast is not safe for work or children. Additionally, this particular episode contains thirsty comments that apply to adult depictions of characters only, or to concepts that have been disconnected from the characters themselves and are being discussed on their own. All trigger warnings and spoilers for each episode can be found at our website, myheroanalysis.com. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, this is My Hero Analysis, a podcast about My Hero Academia, aka Boku no Hero Academia. We are three grown adults who mine Japanese children's cartoons for serotonin because God knows our brains aren't making it naturally. No, they're not. (laughs) Okay, so my name is Wyatt. My pronouns are they, them, and fun fact about myself is that... I'm a little congested because the autumn allergies hit a little early. Thank you, climate change. So hopefully I still sound normal, but if I sound a little scratchy or a little congested, that is why. You sound lovely. I was going to say, I think my voice sounds the same. Yeah, you sound fine. Uh, My name is Nicole. My pronouns are she, they. Uh, Fun fact about myself, I have a blue jay problem. They keep (laughs) screaming at me. So, They're so mean. According to one of my friends, birds aren't real. Oh, boy. They need to come to my house because they will scream at you through the door if there's not cat food outside. She hates birds. (laughs) My name is Maria. Um, She, they. Fun fact about myself. I'm always having some sort of issue going on. But it's fine. We're here now. You have a very eventful life. life. My life is a drama. It's fine. Okay, so now we're going to do the same thing that we did last time, uh, which is that I'll guide us through a timeline of the episode, and we'll discuss slash make fun of everything as we go along. This week, we are covering episode two of the anime, What It Takes to Be a Hero, and the accompanying manga chapter, which in this case is still chapter one. And thank you to Nicole for looking up that information at the last minute, because I forgot. If anyone hasn't already realized, Nicole is the glue of this podcast <laughs> I, I think i realized we didn't do it last week so i was like oh we just I paying attention i just bring chaos i bring i don't know volume <laughs> you brought the wonderful idea yes that's true Sure, let's go with that. That sounds lovely. So to leap right into it, the episode opens with a quick recap while Izuku is standing on the roof after All Might saves him from the sludge monster. I think we can all agree, uh, poor baby Izuku. (laughs) He's so baby. (laughs) He's just, he's so baby. Um, Oh God, we're going to be saying that a lot. But yeah, he really admires All Might and he really wants to be a hero, Um, but he is quirkless. And in his society, he's considered weak and worthless because of that. So Izuku asks All Might if it's possible for someone who's quirkless to be a hero. And that is where the previous episode ended. So we've done a little little recap. Yes. And thankfully, or not so thankfully, the episode opens with that same creepy laughter roll from the first episode. <laughs> so thank you, All Might. Love it. Um. Let's see here. So basically, while Izuku is essentially flashing back to the last episode, I guess for the audience's benefit, um, he's working up the courage to ask All Might his big question. And I, it, I think it was very interesting that he focuses on All Might's line, hope has arrived, while mm. um, Katsuki is actually focused on how much of a, a badass All Might is instead like... Izuku focuses on the hope, and Katsuki focuses on the punching people. (laughs) 
very own brand. Yes. Basically, everything has piled up against Deku or Izuku, whatever you want to call him. He has so many names. Um, <laughs> even though he's the one with the actual, like, stereotypically purer dream than Bakugo. And it just makes him want to prove them wrong. Mm. And he says, saving people. Oh, this is a nice little flash forward to the future. As, so as always, stay tuned. Um, but he says, saving people is the coolest thing you could do. And he wants people to feel safe with his smile. Um, cough, cough, manga, Deku feels at the smiling thing. <laughs> no spoilers. My baby. <laughs> My boy. Also, I love All Might's look of concern. Because we oh, all have that same look of concern for baby Izuku. For many, sure. many times. He's like a magnet for parental figures. He really is. He and is. honestly, this kid needs it. Someone has yeah. to look out for him because this boy has no sense of self-preservation. But we'll get more <laughs> into that later. Yeah. Apparently, when Izuku asks this question, it startles All Might so badly um, that he starts steaming. And when I first watched this episode, I was like, what in the absolute fuck is going on? And he transforms from this, like, very stereotypical, cartoonish, like, 100% all-American beefcake kind of vibe that he's got going, he's got going on to um, basically the exact opposite of that, uh, a.k.a. Small Might, a.k.a. Our Collective Husband. Yes, and Izuku just very rudely just starts shrieking at him. I mean, so was I. Yeah. Oh, also, you, oh, called, you called him Twink Might. I want to point out did i yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. whoops anyways small might small i love small might he yes. is my favorite i mean i love all might granted but small might it hits a little different he do be hitting different um but i also like how his izuko is just rambling so into it just going off and he doesn't notice like the smoke coming out of all might <laughs> and then the range of emotions, I was just like, <laughs> sir, we've all been there, but sir. <laughs> Too many emotions. <laughs> it's, so cute. it's so cute. I love it. And he doesn't expect it, like, at all. Uh, neither and did I. <laughs> honestly, at this point, I will ex expect anything and everything from anime, but we desensitized up in this bitch. Yeah, I was definitely not expecting that. I thought we were going one route and then Horikoshi flipped it on me. So I think in this scene, uh, Izuku is very much the avatar for uh, the non-suspecting audience. Yes. But anyway, after that little um, episode, <laughs> uh, cut to intro right away. This song still fucking slaps. Always. Yep. yep. And we watch it through every time. Mm-hmm. And I did want to like point out, I don't think I realized it last time, that at one point they're both punching something, always. Um, and it's basically Izuku's and All Might's fists are like literally flashing in and out of each other. Mm -hmm. And so like it's basically just bashing us over the head with the inheritance trope already. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. I missed it last time. Um, I see closer. all things. <laughs> So many spoilers and intros, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, especially this one. Um, yeah. So, cutscene to the street slash side alley that these villains just really fucking love rampaging down for whatever reason. This is like the third time in a day that this has happened to this specific street. But anyway, the sludge monster is still trapped in the bottle that All Might used to contain him last time. Uh, he's pissed as fuck about it, like, you know, obviously. 
Um, at the same time, Katsuki and his friends are walking down the same alley and they're discussing what just happened in the classroom. His friends are not admonishing him, but they're like, bro, what the fuck? And Katsuki and Izuku's mm-hmm. past is sort of hinted at, but the details aren't entirely clear. Yeah, and before we dive too deep into that, I did want to point out that this uh, little area is called the Tatooine Shopping District. And, like, Horikoshi is not slick at all about inserting <laughs> his his own fandom into this show. Yeah, so I rewatched the episode, and I did notice that this time it is in the subtitles. It's very obvious. I just missed it. So <laughs> You miss a lot of things, though. That's why we watch things together. <laughs> I do, I do. Okay, so in this, like, little scene, right before we kind of get into the big um, fight, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to point out a few things. Like, imagine the claustrophobia of being stuck in a soda bottle. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was was bad. And I'm not even really claustrophobic. Anyway, with this kind of little group of friends that Katsuki has – the winged boy is once again teased by not being teased. He's like obviously not there. And that will tie into the Easter egg and fan theory discussions we will have at the end of the episode. And also this little bit right here is where there is like the one difference between the anime and, ma- and the manga that we've noticed so far. Um, it's basically just a panel difference. Like they didn't include one panel from the manga. And that is where Katsuki actually kicks the bottle that the sludge monster is in. And mm-hmm. as he's escaping, he's like looming behind him. And it's very scary, very traumatizing. And poor little Katsuki's innocent little face for once. <laughs> innocent. Just right there. Yeah. Again, of course, Burn Baby kicks the bottle and releases the slime monster. Honestly, sir, if you you if you hadn't been attacking a kid, you wouldn't have been in the situation. Also, angry Pomeranian, always back at it. One of the things that stuck out to me was the fact that the kids, his friends, are the ones who are telling him he probably took it too far. And you know, not the fucking adults that was present, mm-hmm. not the adults. Mm-hmm. It was his friends. Oh my god, yeah, was, for sure. Oh god, that just I was rewatching this and it made me angry the entire time. I was just like, god really really yet another generational difference (laughs) for sure yes slightly problematic Ooh, yeah um so yeah as y'all both mentioned um the recollection of you know getting admonished for what happened in the classroom and then like hinting at his past with izuku um clearly upsets katsuki because he kicks the bottle which releases the villain and like at this point like dude you're free somehow accidentally just fucking like count your blessings that you managed to avoid getting arrested and fucking go home but, like, this is an anime, I guess, and villains have no chill. I thought it was also interesting. Um, when Katsuki is throwing his little tantrum, he was like, just watching him pisses me off. When he's talking about Izuku, <laughs> like, son, you you little chihuahua, if you look at someone and you feel all squirmy and uncomfortable, um, I hate to break it to you, but that's not anger that you're feeling. And you don't get to bully people because they make you feel all squirmy and uncomfortable. Also, I thought it was funny that Katsuki, like, is cultivating this whole delinquent persona, but he's actually a fucking square who cares deeply about his permanent record. Yeah, yeah, but wh- why Why are we bullying my nerdy child? Um, I was also very much that way. <laughs> Nothing could touch my permanent record without the world ending, so. 
it's not bullying. It's love. We we tease what we love. Also, I bet you were an adorable child. I was Absolutely. in the corner a lot with a book, not looking at anyone. Oh, no eye you. contact. Oh, baby. Well, back to Kotsky. Um, <laughs> so we don't we don't spend too much time on my sad little childhood. Um, <laughs> so basically, in this in this part um, before everything blows up, if you'll forgive the pun, um, Kotsky. Absolutely not. You wouldn't forgive mine. I'm not forgiving yours. Yeah, but mine are, like, better than yours, so. <gasps> Them some fighting words. I mean, Listen. it's true. I have no luck to stand on. <laughs> anyway, Katsuki basically doesn't want to think about how they used to be friends, him and Izuku. And he only wants to, quote, unquote, teach him how the world really works. Um, so that Izuku can stop being so cute and making him feel all squirmy inside. We see right <laughs> through you, sir. Also, Katsuki's friends... Um, after they kind of do their little scolding thing, um, they kind of chuckle and glance at each other because they know exactly what's going on in Katsuki's head. And then they offer to go to the arcade to distract him from his very obvious schoolboy crush. And along with that, they also see if like, like they want to go to a bar to pick up ladies. And Katsuki very vehemently doesn't yeah. want to go to the bar doesn't want to pick up ladies because he wants to get into his number one school choice because he is a sad little gay nerd. He is a gay ass nerd. Yeah. Another thing I noticed is that one of the friends has extremely long fingers. I'm very glad I didn't notice that. That's gross. Yeah. No, I noticed it. And of course my mind went straight to the gutter as per usual. Ew. (laughs) Oh, wow. We went two different directions. (laughs) I I was like, I was like, I would be able to reach the top cabinets, and you. Okay, went you know what? That's fair. I wasn't way being other direction. Yeah, no, it was just, it was just a very like quick thing. I didn't even. My mind is always in the gutter for everybody. <laughs> always in the gutter. But yeah, no, it was just something I was like, oh, and then like I. Oh. TikTok has ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Yes. But yeah, no, like I do not sexualize a child, but I knew as soon as I realized those extremely long fingers. <laughs> Mine went right exactly to, the, where, to the gutter. Yeah, I just hate the exactly. way Marcosi draws fingers. Like we'll, we'll get to it. That's a the thing. floppy limbs creepy. Yeah, that's kind of really weird. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just random facts that uh, random things that happened during the watch session this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So Kasuki is throwing a temper tantrum, a small one. Meanwhile, the sludge monster, um, who has escaped from the bottle, kind of regains his equilibrium, regains his mass, and he starts looming threateningly over Katsuki. And it's oh, it's so gross, and I hate it. It's it's the worst. And um, trigger warning: if you haven't gotten to the show notes yet, um, it's again very rapey. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. I also, as I was watching this, I was kind of you know, analyzing, because that's the point of this podcast. Um, And I wondered if we wanted to have any kind of commentary or maybe just kind of like a tiny bonus episode um, on the commentary of how it is kind of watching these scenes with the sludge monster specifically as women and femmes, um, as compared to how it's most likely being viewed by the folks that the anime is aimed at as an audience. So it is... Yeah, it's aimed at cis dudes. Um, it's a shonen. That's what it's aimed at. And basically just kind of what it means to 
watch this scene as these two different what subsets of the population mm-hmm. um I think that's a good point and something we should definitely revisit in a bonus episode because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's it's, a lot of it's, nuance. It's a lot of nuance and you don't, or rather I haven't seen a lot of discussion about the sludge monster, probably because the first season did come, come out in 2016. So it was a while ago, but mm-hmm. still it's the sludge monster is like one of the worst in the show. And he does also say, um, I like a skin suit with some fire. Like, how vomitous, how vile, um, and also, like, how many times has this asshole hurt people or killed people or done this? It's so, it's, ugh, it's the it's worst. It's super creepy. It's so creepy. And, like, another thing I wanted to point it out is the villain is legitimately just going after what he wants and doesn't give a fuck about anyone else. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that is a lot. That goes back a lot to, like, the rapey it's just it's just creepy it's power play yeah yeah and not in a good way oh yeah no No. Mm -mm. and honestly like maria now that you've mentioned that it occurs to me that like you could kind of draw parallels to the sludge monster and katsuki like obviously katsuki is not on this level but we're getting a glimpse as what his future could be if he continues down the like moral path that he's on where he just Mm -hmm. you know shoves his quirk around and doesn't care who gets hurt by it Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah it does but on the, I, I hate to compare him to the sludge monster though because the sludge monster is yeah. so awful yeah. also how dare <laughs> oh yeah. no for sure i'm not comparing like, them directly i'm just saying like in the future like if he had gone down a different path this could have been where he ended up yeah in the yeah. worst timeline yeah oh god exactly. oh god i think all of us would have tried to go back in time and murdered or like Marcoshi. <laughs> Totokoshi, we have we have some fighting words to say. <laughs> He's never going to hear this. It's fine. Oh yeah, no, he could not possibly care less. Uh, <laughs> so, cutscene back to the roof and deflated All Might. Who, from this point forward, we're just going to refer to as Small Might. Um, so Izuku is freaking the fuck out. This is his hero, but now he looks like this. What the fuck? What is going on? Very confused. This is not what society has taught me a hero looks like yeah and like basically izuku is being a, a freaking hater in my opinion <laughs> um obviously small might is the superior version for of sure the might forms and izuku needs to stop screaming at people that he doesn't find conventionally attractive it's heckin rude <laughs> um it is startling you have to give him that yeah uh, sure but you don't have to <laughs> screech at people <laughs> Um, also, also at this moment, uh, we get the first instance of All Might's and rather the show's fun little bop music, which is, which is kind of like a key, um, for the audience, kind of showing them that for this moment, everything is fun and fine and everything's wonderful, but also watch out because the scenes that come after this are going to deeply emotionally wound you. Like if you kind of. If you track where the bop is and then like after like the scenes almost directly following them, I'm wondering if I'm remembering right, I'm wondering if it's like a, hey, hey, things are fun now, but no, they're not actually. And how dare you assume that? That is a great point to see if that holds true, but I bet you're right. Yeah, we'll see. So as always, stay tuned. We will follow the bop. 
And also, um, sir, small knight, uh, you have a lot of blood there. Are you okay? <laughs> yes, he's spilling out. <laughs> he's spitting out blood like he has consumption. Yeah, it's fine. No, I love small mice. Every time a small mice, I'm just like, yes, he's here. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair. Here. Anyway, um, but I love how freaked out Deku is. But honestly, if that happened to me, I'd probably be freaking out just the same. But the- <laughs> it's just, a- it's just well, funny. It, 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 it's very humorous. It's a fun yeah. little moment. Definitely play for comedy. So after Izuku, you know, has his little freak out, uh, All Might decides to, like, trust this random child with, I mean, it's essentially a state secret, right? Like, All Might yeah. is a government employee, and he, you know, commits destruction on behalf of the government. But <coughs> he explains <coughs> that... <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a while. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, he explains that he suffered this debilitating injury, um, and he can only be, you know, quote unquote, all might in his all might form for about three hours a day. Um, and honestly, I really loved like this very early in your face plot twist. It came right mm-hmm. at the beginning, just completely upended all of my expectations that I had for the series. And I was like, oh, dip, I'm on for a much more wild ride than I thought I was. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I did too. Um, like I said last episode, I went into the show prepared to viscerally hate All Might. And <laughs> he is literally one of my favorite characters. He's like, so good. Even outside My Hero Academia, he's one of my faves. Also, did want to point out that there is plenty that he says that there's plenty of fear behind his smile. And I know we've said poor baby Deku, um, but also poor baby Toshi. Yes. yes. Baby. So yes, baby. So baby. There's a lot um, of babies in this. Yes. Oh, yeah. We wrapped quite a few up. We just adopting left and right. And then, yeah. Nicole, did you want to point out some manga translation differences? Uh, I think just this note, if I'm remembering right, since we did these notes a few days ago. Basically, between your notes and my notes, since you watch the sub and I watch the dub, at least for the purposes of the podcast, they're using a lot of different phrasing and it's not Mm -hmm. really um, like important right now, but as we go, we go through the episodes and the arcs and the various characters. um, I just wonder if it's going to be interesting to see how these different translations go, because the translations are actually different between the dub, the subs in the anime and also the manga chapters like it's yeah. not they're all different and it's so interesting like even to the point where like different manga distributors have different yes. translations yeah and people have to like buy all the different volumes when they're really digging into it i've seen it on tiktok i'm not that dedicated but i appreciate their dedication <laughs> i'm yeah. not that dedicated either it definitely will be coming up in later episodes though once again We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there when we get there. The the most recent internet flame <laughs> bonfire show. I can't wait to get there, but stay oh, tuned. Oh, God. That was I so... I very excited. It's wonderful. That was so wonderful. I had such a good time. <laughs> it was delightful. Yeah, oh, we should, we, should, we should say we're recording this um, in August 2021, so... Yes. Dedicated, <laughs> to dedicated readers will know what we're referring to. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to experience that twice. Um, 
Okay, moving on, moving along. <laughs> so All Might, despite his um, new, I mean, really, it's the equivalent, you know, of a real life disability or chronic illness that he's got because of these injuries um, and all these surgeries that he had to go through. Um, but despite this, he's still determined to keep being a hero and he's still pushing himself um, mm-hmm. physically and emotionally, even though he probably shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. Also, he, like, lifts up his shirt to show off the really kind of gnarly wound he has in his side. And at the moment, I thought it was, like, like Wyatt said, like, the trope of the big hero having this big old secret is great. But also, um, All Might, you don't lift up your shirt to show random children <laughs> your torso. It's a little weird. A little gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But other than that, um, I do really love that All Might is living with this disability or chronic illness, whatever um, parallel or representation you want to draw from it. And it is also not the quote unquote super crip trope. Yeah, not our word. Yeah, not our word. It's from the internet. It was in multiple articles I read. So apologies. And it's not a great word, but it's what the trope is referred to. Um, And that's essentially the trope of how um, these like superpowered characters use their disability to like become a better version of the, of like the power that they have. A good example um, is the character Toph Beifong from Mm -hmm. Avatar, The Last Airbender, and how she is completely blind and she's been blind all her life, but that essentially makes her a better earthbender. So her disability makes her better, which is great. It's wonderful. Toph is amazing. And All Might is just a different side of that coin where he has this disability and he has made, and he has these accommodations for himself. And he also has the limitations for himself. So it just seems a lot more realistic Mm -hmm. Um, and just a good example of what type of disability representation there can also be aside from the quote-unquote super crypt trope yeah also fun fact do you know you can live without your stomach Mm -hmm. um i did i didn't (laughs) yeah so the reason you can live without your stomach well your eating will be restricted you can absorb nutrients through the small intestines Mm -hmm. um and I think you can absorb some from the large intestines, but most mostly from the small intestines because um, that's like literally the closest to the stomach. Okay. But uh, yeah, so the fact that so he's he's still absorbing nutrients, but still the fact that he has had pretty much major organ loss and is still be able to fight, even if it is just with a timeline, is really impressive. Because so um, I don't think For I would sure. be able to do that i'd be like okay time for me to go retire leave move on let me yeah, go the strength of his resolve is ridiculous island. yes so, awesome. yeah go ahead. it just occurred to me how old is all Might at this he's, time he's in his, he's 50s. In his 30s 50s? 50s yeah 50s? he's okay i was he's gonna like, say yeah he's also older too so like he should mm-hmm. already be retired by now yeah yeah because um, I imagine the turnover rate for heroes is pretty high because the burnout has got to be ridiculous. Right. And yeah. also, like, I mean, it's very physically demanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Like, I would imagine most heroes quit in, like, their 30s or 40s. Yeah. Yeah. And we also see the change of that coming up in later seasons. Again, we will get mm. to it. But yeah, it's definitely All Might is a unique example of dedication. 
for sure yeah. like he's again he's the cream of the crop he's the living ideal yes he's the symbol of peace yes we all also like this specific scene is so funny because like if you interpret it literally you're like why would you tell that to a child but then like it's just exposition <laughs> <laughs> it's world building <laughs> it has to happen somehow but we're going to interpret it literally because that's fun for us yes <laughs> And we're going to keep doing that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so All Might, basically, he tells Izuku, essentially, he finally gets around to answering his question. And he says, no, basically. It's not possible to be a professional hero uh, without a quirk. Um, he does give him other suggestions for ways of, you know, finding a way to save people that aren't as... Um, um, wouldn't be as reliant on a quirk. I think one of the things he um, suggests is like the police force, which of course, you know, we're Americans that raised all our red flags. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like his um, point is he's got other options. Like even if one dream doesn't work out, you know, he's trying to emphasize the fact that there are many, many dreams that could become reality. Yeah. Um, also, another interesting thing is that um small might is essentially telling deco that being a hero isn't just about saving people mm. it's literally putting your life on the line again we've been talking about this a while and the entire time the smiling thing i just feel like it goes to show how um heroes especially someone like all might who is put on a pedestal cannot mm. afford to show anything but confidence because the pressure mm -hmm. you feel as a hero has to be immense and i still think mm -hmm. it's a bunch of bs but we'll get into that further down the line and also maybe you shouldn't be smiling all the time just you know an fyi yeah <laughs> um, maybe it's okay to not smile sometimes right also as much as i love deku i do feel he kind of needed a reality check and mm -hmm. i think that this is what it was part of it was he is so fixated on helping peer people and being a hero. I don't think he ever really re considered like the consequences of what could potentially happen. Mm, like death. Yeah, like death or like how All Might literally has organs missing. I do feel bad for him. A hundred percent. But at the same time, All Might doesn't want Deku to be in the position in his position and wants to make Deku understand understand it the risks and like, the risks of it yeah and like if he's not telling Deku not to help people that's why he brings up the police officer but like maybe start thinking about something else because again it is a very very dangerous career to be in mm. especially for someone without a quirk definitely well we, we can have the whole like quirk versus non-quirk discussion later that's definitely going to come up um, when we get up, get to um, some other characters that are going to be introduced, um, but yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think you, I think you made a really good point. And it's also important to realize that All Might went through something absolutely traumatic, and I mm. don't think he wants a child with no powers to go through something like that. Because I would at least want in this moment. <laughs> yeah, at this, in this moment, yeah, I wouldn't want a child. Who I know, like, literally everybody else he's probably going to be fighting in the future will have powers. And then there's this kid who doesn't. So I can see where he uh, would want to protect 
baby Izuku because I want to protect baby Izuku at all costs. He, yeah, he just, he just, I mean, you look at him and he looks like a baby. He is baby. (laughs) No wonder he keeps finding parental figures. Like he just, he's so, what's the, what's the TikTok word for it? He's orphanable. Orphanable. (laughs) Oh God, I've never heard that. Ooh, we can get to it in another episode, in like a bonus episode or something. Cause I love that term and it's really fucking funny, but it happens a lot in like fan fiction and shit. Uh, but yeah, we can get to, but basically, my point is Izuku is adorable. Yes, yes. So I can kind of, I can kind of see how there would be this instinct to protect him. Yes, definitely. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and kind of pivoting, kind of off of that. Um, we also mm-hmm. like this is like kind of the first conversation where All Might is referred to as the symbol of peace, which yeah. as we kind of like turn more towards um, plot stuff and like. Um, arcs and further down the road of this anime um, and kind of moving into like the red string theory part of the fandom mm-hmm. this fight um, basically after this fight he never and probably before it honestly he wanted people everywhere to never think that he's afraid that he can take all the damage in the world and keep going in the fight mm-hmm. but then he finally had this fight um, with the villain. He doesn't name the villain here in this episode, but folks who are up to date with the property itself know it is AFO, and we'll talk about AFO more later. But he basically has to keep that debilitating injury under wraps so that he can um, he can preserve the national security of the mm-hmm. country. And he has to hide all this trauma because he knows that as the symbol of peace pillars that he has, he has built, he knows it can't come crumbling down. And, and if it does terrible, terrible stuff is going to happen. I do also like that. They're both like in this moment, if you analyze it deeply enough, like we do, um, they are (laughs) both analysis, quote unquote, quote unquote. Yes. Um, <laughs> they're both admitting that their smiles are actually somewhat performative in the midst mm-hmm. of their courage. So even as they're both clinging to the smile through the pain, conceal, don't feel tropes, they also know, like in the back of their heads, they know the smile is meant for something that's not just a smile. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a lovely little hint at what's to come. Also another red string. Um, he mentioned that the, <laughs> that the fight is, was actually five years ago. And because yes. uh, Wyatt and I are actually now caught up on the spinoff. Uh, Vigilantes. Yeah, the spinoff manga, manga called Vigilantes. And that actually does take place five years ago as well. So I'm just curious if we're going to see how this fight and the Vigilantes spinoff does or does not actually weave together. I just love that shit. I have been lazy a lot lately, but it's fine. I'll you need catch to catch up. up. Yeah, you need to catch up and, and live I can text catch us up your reactions. In a day, actually, if okay. I really just sit down, I can literally catch up in a day. But I am do busy. it, do it, do it. You will. You where? No, we won't talk about it on air because um, it's spoilery. Anyway, um, <laughs> we really want you to catch up. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. I yeah, will we'll, catch up eventually. Like we, I'll set a I'll set aside a day and just like read everything. It's fine. Okay. We can good. do it in like good. The the group the group chat needs a good explosion. <laughs> since Wyatt yes, and I are caught up now. 
I'm pretty good at a, having explosive moments. Yes. <laughs> Hence, uh, Wing Boy. No, oh, Wing Boy. Okay. Um, also, one last thing about this little conversation. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I am like deep in My Hero Academia TikTok. It's what actually got me into the show instead of vice versa. Um, and a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of the fandom, not just on TikTok, but a lot of the fandom kind of give All Might some flack for leaving Izuku on the roof after essentially tearing apart his entire dream. And this was just after his childhood friend essentially did the same thing. But I do want to point out that All Might couldn't possibly have known that history. So even if it's not great in total, it wasn't purposeful or like hateful. He's just, oh, yeah, kind, no. of, he's just kind of clueless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, you know sometimes i wonder like if things had like gone differently from this episode on mm -hmm. like the quirkless vigilante izuku tv show and manga that we could have gotten i bet it was awesome yes i bet it was amazing um but I'm also sure there's plenty plenty <laughs> of uh fan uh Fanfics? fan art and Fanfics. Oh, yes, there are so many. There's oh my so god. Many. Like the <laughs> orphanable <laughs> thing I was talking about earlier ties into this pretty directly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I do I do want to point out for folks who may not be entirely caught up on the properties, um, we I'm just gonna say uh the name Knuckle Duster and kind of leave it at that. So Okay, but I don't like him. <laughs> I want a different one. <laughs> well, it's what you have now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's there okay. it's present it but is yes, it vigilante, is it is touched upon vigilante izuku would have been top it would have been amazing so as nicole pointed out all might or small might um leaves izuku on the roof because their conversation is over it's done with you know izuku's like oh god all my dreams are shattered and small might's like i gotta go um <laughs> <laughs> and he realizes as he's walking down the stairs from the roof to like the entrance of this building that they're in uh that he doesn't have the villain with him because he had the villain in the bottle in his pocket it's no longer there and oh look there is smoke in the distance oh dear <laughs> i wonder who that could be you know Fucking wonder yeah izuku also sees the smoke from the roof um and he also almost rushes to the scene as well like he's used to doing um but he's you know he's a little busy he's his dreams have been shattered um by his childhood idol and he's i don't want to use the word angsty but like he's having a moment you know yes like he he's processing <laughs> it's angst but anyway poor Deku has a realization but he probably shouldn't hurry over like he usually does no. Yeah, yeah, poor thing. Um, I, I do want to point out that he sees the smoke and kind of hears the explosion and he immediately assumes it's a villain. But like, bro, have you not heard of gas leaks? Why do you have to assume it is a villain? Well, I wonder if villain attacks are more common than gas leaks. I don't know. I, Maybe I mean, at this because we've just looked at one street. We've already been through like what three villain attacks in the same day. So that's yeah. a fucking lot. It is a lot. <laughs> I guess I'm just coming from the American standpoint of it, where all our infrastructure is oh, just crumbling around us. Anyway, <laughs> that's a good ass point. That is a good ass point. <laughs> Everything's fine. We're okay, you know. Yeah, oh. I'm fine. 
It's fine. Land of the free or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we finally cut back to the sludge monster, uh, who's busy trying to take over Akatsuki uh, the same way he tried to take over Izuku. Uh, parallels being laid very early. Horikoshi sets up so much in just the first few episodes. Yeah, it is A-plus writing. I am very jealous. How dare he have that talent? So rude. <laughs> also, boss music starts playing. Yes. Just, you know. That's how you know it's about to go down. Yeah. I enjoy the boss music. Oh, yeah. It's great. And at the scene of this fight, the pro heroes are, like, already on the scene. And one woman does call the guy a monster, but only after he's caused a bunch of destruction. So I do have to agree (laughs) on this one. This one instance of him being called a villain. Yeah. Fair. He's very sticky. I don't (laughs) like it. (laughs) What? So sticky. (laughs) No. Yeah, so Katsuki, uh, he's got his work cut out for him. This is a pretty, this is a pretty powerful person that he's fighting against. Um, but he is putting up one hell of a fight, uh, which is good because all the pro heroes are kind of just like standing around and freaking out. I mean, okay, so like Kamui Woods is saving bystanders, uh, Mount Lady is saving bystanders, and Packdraft is putting out fires. But like, so you know, people are doing things, essential things that need to be done. But there are plenty of heroes that are just like standing around, like we can't do anything. And I'm like, no, oh, can you really not? Can you really not? I think you're relying too yeah. much on quirks. I think you're relying um, a little too much on quirks. Coming yeah, in with the commentary. Of course, had to protect all the bystanders because, you know, yes. that's what they do. They just show up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, as part of this with the pro heroes there, the character Death Arms, who's the super strong guy, um, he finally comes in with the real talk, at least in the dub, and he literally tells the guy, how dare you prey on a child? And like, right. thank you, sir. Finally, right? someone says it. Okay. Um, we do have some other heroes show up, including a baseball-themed guy, which, like, I get it. Japanese folks love baseball, but why? Um, <laughs> um, we also see a kind of bird-themed guy. Like, he's wearing a bird mask. Um, and this actually really looks like one of the sidekicks for a character who hasn't come in yet, doesn't come in for a while, um, but he does look like one of Hawks's sidekicks. Yeah, it really looks like him. If you're curious, you can see him in chapter 199 and or the anime episode 93, probably among others. But I saw him and I was like, wait, what? Wait, okay. Yeah, that's just my little red string mm. observation. Anyway, like why it said- perhaps- so much. I, I do. It's it. It's the only thing that gives me joy is finding the Easter eggs and the red strings and, <laughs> and like any property. Like it could be any part, any fandom I'm in. Um, yeah. I connect something and it's like instant dopamine. Well, I am very admiring, admiring <laughs> of it. Yeah. If I can pronounce my words right. Thank you. Um, I catch things, not others. It's a good balance between all three of us. Yeah. Hope so. Okay. So back to Katsuki. Um, he is putting up a good fight, whereas Izuko couldn't do anything about being taken over by the sludge monster. And I'm not like victim blaming or anything. It's just like a comment on their society. Like mm-hmm. Katsuki can put up this fight for sure, but he's still really fucking scared. And like nobody really wants to make a comment on that he was so terrified he's being assaulted the same way Izuku was mm-hmm. um 
And then as they're there, Mount Lady shows up and is stymied by small alleyways. <laughs> I mean, she's very large. Yeah, but I had to roll my eyes. Like, honey, just reach down there and kind of scoop them up. You can That's do. True. You can do something. Yeah. yeah. Again, um, they're they like have this very specific mindset of like my yes. quirk does this. This is what I can do. This is what I'm good for, and I can't do anything else. Yes. Yeah. They're not yeah. creative. No, they're really not creative. And I guess the new generation will be. Cough, cough. Stay <laughs> So as they're fighting a baseball guy who I don't think was named uh, like the other characters, um, but he really needs to stop with the puns. This is a very serious fight. But he's also got to advertise himself because don't forget, (laughs) he still needs to be famous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. And also like kind of pivoting off the um, Japanese stereotypical love of baseball and kind of building off what Wyatt says. This is like a very... They say it very plainly, like it's a bad type matchup for them. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just wondering if there's a running theme in like within Japanese pop culture that we as Westerners aren't as keyed into, um, but it's very similar to the type matchups in Pokemon and even in other uh, video game properties like Paper Mario, which is my favorite property, but this is neither here nor there. Um, they have <laughs> they have like a little side quest called Rochambeau. So it's very, it's very important to them, but also I think Horikoshi is doing a nice commentary on, yes, we have tight matchups, but we can also try other things. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So that's like a whole other level. And then just kind of the fight is a spectacle. Bystanders are there in the way. Um, All Might has so much pressure on himself, that poor child. And like the most horrifying part of like this series, like, for me personally, I don't like like scary phases. I don't like horror. But the shots of Kotsky's eyes over the sludge villain's mouth yes. is just horrifying. It's triggering. I hate it. I want to save my child. It's like my, my like arguably one of the worst scenes for me. It's just terrible. I hate it. Oh yeah, when he went all out with this one, it's a oh, lot. My poor child. Yeah, but going off of why the uh, power matchups i think this Mm -hmm. really does show uh parallels to the um talk that all might just had with young midoriya Um, (laughs) i love that young midoriya it's so Um, cute and it really is here we see like there's all these different heroes that have to work around their weaknesses um in the first episode it's not shown at all like um it's shown like they can take down whatever but here in this episode, this is the second episode, we have the weaknesses and like kind of we get to realize that heroes aren't all powerful um, mm. and and they have to wait for someone with a suitable quirk and they have to know how to work together and work with each other and like maybe take a step back. But at the same time, a child is fucking dying. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I also think that this scene is, you know, now that, you know, we've seen everything that there is to see so far um, for this series, um, looking back on it now, it's easier to see that this episode in this particular scene is foreshadowing for a much, much, much later event where the adult heroes start giving up, but the students don't lose their momentum and they work together to basically pick up the adult slack. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, generational 100%. differences is a big-ass theme. And again, we have 
the bystanders just standing <laughs> around looking dumb and watching Rubber all this play out when you could have, you know, gone home, walked away. I mean, I get it. It's fun to watch, but like, yo, <laughs> you getting in the way. Yes. Very much getting in the way. Um, so Again, all my this is my rant. <laughs> my constant rant. So Small okay. Might finally arrives on the scene, but he, you know, like the other heroes, is also feeling very despondent and he feels like he can't do anything because he's still in his small might state and he's having trouble bringing up the all might state. Um, he calls himself specifically pathetic um multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. He has so much pressure on himself and it it, it is really sad just kind of watching him observe himself like in his mm -hmm. small might form he can only like jog and wheeze and kind of crawl to where he needs to be whereas mm -hmm. the all might form can fly it's got to be heart-wrenching knowing that he can't do what he wants to do for sure therapy <laughs> <laughs> everybody needs therapy yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, cut scene to Izuku, um, who's walking home, or, well, he thinks he's walking home, and he's still coming to terms with the possibility of not being a hero, um, but he hears the explosion, another explosion, very close to him, and he realizes that, uh, subconsciously, he has walked towards the attack, probably because it's something he's done so many times before. Um, he didn't yeah. mean to show up, but it was a force of habit. And while he was walking, he was crying over his dream journal and plumbing the depths of his soul, and thinking <laughs> thinking his notes are useless and like poor, poor sweet baby. baby Izuku. Yes, poor sweet baby. And then when he sees the villain, he recognizes it and he feels responsible because um All Might most likely dropped the bottle with the villain in it when Izuku grabbed onto him. Um so he immediately takes responsibility for the sludge monster's actions, even though again, even if the sludge guy had escaped, he could have just fucking gone home and had some chamomile and calmed the fuck down. But rapists don't take the day off, I guess. So No, no, they surely don't. And he feels so much guilt, even mm -hmm. though he is also a victim of that same rapist. And there's a very clear parallel between Izuku and Small Might and the pressure they put themselves under. And even like the names that they call themselves and how they berate themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely... Like, you can definitely see a parallel between both of them. And it's like, it's the boy who wants to help but can't. And then the man who had the power but doesn't anymore. Mm. Like, yeah. Because you just want to put it. Yep. And like, along with the parallels between Izuku and All Might, you, all, you also see the parallels between um, Izuku and Katsuki again, now that they're kind yes. of in the same place. Like, he, like Katsuki he's still fighting even while he's being suffocated. And Izuku is like remembering that and knowing he, he just remembering how trapped he was. He can't understand how he's still fighting. And mm -hmm. I wonder if this was like a, a horrible, um, but still like a bonding moment for Izuku towards Katsuki because for they're sure. undergoing the same sort of assault. And it makes me wonder um, if Katsuki has ever found out that Izuku got essentially hit first like i wonder if that's ever going to come into play like in future chapters since it hasn't been mentioned since um and it's just basically it's like the dark night of the soul for both of them in this two episode arc they're both feeling the shame they're both feeling so guilty they're both feeling so much pressure and i just want to hug them both because they are baby 
all three of them because they are all baby. All three of them. Yes. They're all baby. all baby. Very different forms of baby, but all baby. All baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, Izuku is definitely having a bonding moment towards the person who's being attacked. Um, at first, he doesn't recognize who it is, mm-hmm. um, but then he sees Kasuki's face and their eyes lock, and Izuku realizes, like, oh shit, this is Kasuki, and he just fucking leaps into action, doesn't pause, doesn't think anything, just like totally leaps in there. Small Might, everyone else is fucking shook. Yeah, yeah. And Izuku just leaps into action. And I imagine his inner monologue that he's probably suppressing the memory of is um, he's <laughs> basically thinking, that's my boyfriend, you sludgy <laughs> slut. Um, <laughs> but, but seriously, like, since this is like my third or fourth rewatch, especially knowing all the future arcs that are to come, the quote unquote Bakudeku ship, as it's called, um, yeah. was definitely a sleeper for me. Unlike you, very much a slow build on the first watch. It's slow, slow, (laughs) slow, slow. Um, Yeah, definitely did not exist at this moment. (laughs) No, no, certainly not for me. But it's okay. I'm a multi shipper. It's fine. Oh, multi shipping (laughs) is love. Multi shipping is life. Yes. Yeah, I just enjoy. I like the look of fear that Mm Baku has, and Izuku running to help is just. It's a beautiful moment, right there. It's yes. a beautiful moment. Prime Chef's writing. kiss. Yeah, definitely a significant eye, to- eye contact moment. Uh, great for shipping and great for plot. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. They knew what they were doing. Anyway, so I think it's interesting that both Izuku and All Might uh, were actually waiting for a real hero to show up, quote unquote, someone who would be well suited to the sludge monster. And Izuku just jumps into action after that significant eye contact moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just shows that Izuku is a real hero, like arguably as much of a real hero as All Might. His body moves before he can think to save his friend. And Katsuki recognizes him immediately. And another red thread, red string moment is that it's a mild or not so mild parallel to what happens in the camp arc. Once again, stay tuned, y'all. There is so much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> as much as I love this, no sense of self-preservation. I'm <laughs> like constant yelling, why, sir? Why? That is that is like, fair. I love it. But why? <laughs> yeah. So going back to um Nicole's point earlier of Izuku like kind of berating himself for taking you know all these notes in his little notebook and doing all this analysis and him thinking well I shouldn't have done that that was all useless now well in this moment all of that studying that Izuku had been doing up to this point kicks in and he throws his backpack at the villain to blind and disorient them to like give himself a moment to get to Katsuki which is mm-hmm. a that that's not a bad move. That's a good move. And like he didn't have anything to back it up because you know he doesn't have much practice, like not a mm-hmm. much not much practical application. But yeah, I thought you know that was a pretty good indication that Izuku's dreams—they're not just pipe dreams. He does have the drive and he does have the potential to back it up. Um, and your notebooks aren't useless, baby. They come in handy so many times. Yes, all the times. <laughs> His strategy immediately comes into play, and it's such yeah. a difference between. Even him and the pro heroes who are all standing there waiting for a a good tight matchup to come when you don't need to wait for the person best suited to the job. If you can just think outside the box, um, even if you don't follow through with it, um, you can rely on the teamwork of those around you because there are so many pro pro heroes there 
somebody could have just done something and it could have just been a chain of events, but they mm-hmm. had to wait for this literal child to jump in uh, because the, their practical applications are lacking, I guess, yes. in that area. And he just cries out for Kachan and he desperately tries to save him. Um, Katsuki is very confused that it is Suzu <laughs> here saving him. Um, and we do kind of slip back into Izuku's narration. Yes. Because in that moment, he is remembering everything that is leading up to that moment. And he remembers to smile at Kachan and reassure him that he couldn't just stand there and watch him die. So it was a beautiful moment. And the Baku Deku ship is rising in my personal rankings. And it's, <laughs> it's just all the things come together. The plot, the character, the relationships. It's such a beautiful moment, even though it is utterly terrifying and gross. So, yes. well, My one headcanon is that Deku has a fan club. And I don't care. Oh, that's yes. It. Oh, yeah. That's, that's considered canon to us. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, yeah, get, we'll get to it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, as y'all mentioned, like, this is like a really powerful moment. Um, Small Might is so moved by this display that he's actually able to, like, manifest some energy and turn back into All Might and defeat the villain. Yeah. So yeah, Nicole, as you mentioned, even if you don't have a full plan in mind, even if you think you can't do anything, doing something Mm -hmm. can set off a chain of events that is ultimately helpful that you may not have been able to imagine. Yeah, imagine by yourself, definitely. He takes, mm-hmm. All Might takes so much inspiration from that one little moment, that one selfless action, and finds it within himself to rise to the occasion, no matter what the personal cost is in that moment, um, mm-hmm. which is yet another trope in this society. It's just all the self-sacrifice, but it yes. comes together wonderfully, at least in this moment. And so as he's launching into action, he goes into his like All Might narration, which I appreciated in the moment. Sometimes it's a little over the top, but it's nice (laughs) for this moment. And he tells Izuku that Izuku has finally reminded him that he hadn't been living up to his own ideals and that risking your life is the true test of a real hero. Like it's a beautiful moment and it's wonderful, but also y'all you put way too much pressure on yourselves Mm. so a mixed bag honestly it is all might literally realize that this kid just did something that he himself had been struggling with Mm -hmm. we all we all love him for it that's fine i am going to ruin this beautiful moment um by reminding everyone that all might (laughs) punches the air so hard (laughs) That it starts raining, which puts out all the fires that Katsuki and then the sludge monster taking over his power and setting off his own explosions too. I'm not like we never really get clarity about how that works. But yeah, All Might punches the air so hard it starts raining and it puts out all the fires. This is hilarious to me. It's so (laughs) fucking funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh it's hilarious that he literally just fucked with the air pressure so much to create weather. Like, it's so over the top. <laughs> yes. Um, we also get the little, the fist raise and the the All Might theme song, which is, again, it's very foreshadowy to a certain other pivotal fight. So stay tuned once again. Yeah. <laughs> we're, go- we're going to be saying that every episode. <laughs> the music choices for this anime are top tier. Oh, oh god yeah. yeah they're amazing all of them i feel like um, we should do a side just on all the music yes we I'm can down. talk about how i 
ball every time I hear the Heroes Rising song. I'm totally down for that. Um, right. So yeah, All Might defeats the villain, puts out the fires. Um, all the heroes that are currently there start, you know, helping to clear everyone out, get things rebuilt. You know, they, they know how to do this. They've done this before. In the meantime, Izuku is getting lectured by the heroes um, for putting his life in danger while Katsuki is getting praised. Um, part of me wonders if this is like the pros acting out on their embarrassment because this tiny little teenage boy just showed up and showed them up. Um, also, I love that like adult narrator Izuku because we're seeing all of this from Izuku's point of view, like from his future self. Um, he's clearly still bitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He should be. He should be. Yeah, definitely. And like as part of his cleanup scene, um, I do want to point out that they are putting the sludge villain into trash bags. Where <laughs> It was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> <Apropos. laughs> yep, definitely. So along with what Wyatt pointed out, um, he's Izuku is essentially being scolded for jumping into a crime scene, ostensibly without any uh, training or without a license or any of that. But I do want to point out that he's not actually charged with anything um, mm-hmm. because in their society, being like fighting crime with your quirk without a license is a crime. But Mm -hmm. just jumping into action without a quirk, they can't really get him on any of that, which is just a very interesting point. Yeah, meanwhile, Katsuki is getting praised for his bravery, um, but more so for his amazing quirk rather than just his own personal determination, which, again, is just reinforcing his complexes, his superiority and his inferiority, just like back in the classroom. And one more red string moment, um, if the bird guy hero there is actually the same person as Hawk's sidekick. He invites Katsuki to sidekick for him at his agency when she's trained up. So it makes me wonder if this guy had his own agency in that intervening year um, between essentially now and the future, or if he was telling Katsuki to come to Hawk's agency, which I would pay so much money to see that. Oh my God. Yeah. That would be such a goddamn train wreck. It'd be so funny. Be wonderful. It'd <laughs> oh, be amazing. Yeah. Um, one of the main things is it shows the two different, how the two of them are being treated very differently. It, it kind of like digs in the two sides of the hero society. Mm-hmm. Where like pretty much the strong one, the strong people are always praised where the weak are not. But let's mm-hmm. be honest. If I had seen <laughs> I probably also would have admonished him. Because baby, you as baby, you as dumb, no. <laughs> I definitely would have pulled an Inko and started crying all like all over him, being like, Are you okay? Oh, I probably would be crying my eyes out, but like I'd still be be like, How could you? <laughs> Must protect. Must um, protect so yeah. Baby. Cutscene to Izuku walking home. Um, he's calmer than he was, but he's still still a little depressed. Um, and then Katsuki catches up to him. And it, I imagine that when he was walking up, he was going to try to say something like a thank you. But then he got like more nervous and embarrassed. And then by the time he actually got to Izuku, he's basically just yelling. It, it doesn't go well. Katsuki, you idiot. And then his weird ass stomp as he walks away. 
It's beautiful. His little gold <laughs> hangy march away. Um, he always walks like that. If you he like, does. Yeah, he always walks so weird. Uh, and it's hilarious and wonderful. But also, I am a pessimist. And I wonder if there is a terrible alternative in that he is actually sore from his recent assault on his orifices. So... I mean, if we're looking at it from Horikoshi's perspective, he probably just meant it in a comedic sense. Um, but these are our headcanons and we can do what we want. That yeah. is very upsetting, though. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. It's hilarious <laughs> yeah, and not. very upsetting. I, I'm not sorry. I did not want to think about this. But yeah. like, Bakugo, your superiority complex is showing. <laughs> it's showing so hard. Um, this child. <laughs> this poor child, this poor baby. Um, he Basically, he basically yells at Izuku that he mm -hmm. would never have asked a weakling like him for help. And he demands that Deku not look down on him and like, sir, your trauma and also sir, your crush. There's just so much happening in that moment. Good God. Yeah. Um, I did think the, um, like the demand to not be looked down upon is interesting because yes. right now, you know, we're seeing things from Izuku's point of view and, you know, Katsuki is his bully. Mm -hmm. um yeah. but katsuki's point of view which is incorrect is that he and izuku are on equal footing because he thinks that izuku is constantly looking down on him mm -hmm. for some reason because he's like well we'll get to it yeah we'll get this is this is the this is the dynamic that literally goes through the entire series it's beautiful we'll get to it stay tuned mm -hmm. um he does also say <laughs> along with that he, ha he has one little aside um i'm not sure if it's in the sub but he basically says that he could have saved himself yeah um but it's clear to the audience that he really couldn't have um, and the fact that he needed a quirkless kid to jump in and save him just kind of proves that he's not as all-powerful as he thinks he needs to be. And this is just so much fuel on the fire of him needing to be his best so that something like this can never happen again. And he just needs to be as strong as possible so that he cannot be touched. Um, mm -hmm. And then even that is proven wrong once again and we will get to it and my poor son yes and he says he doesn't owe izuku anything and uh, it's it, it's just a beautiful moment between the two of them <laughs> yeah izuku's face is just like what the fuck was that <laughs> he's so confused <laughs> to be fair i would probably also be like that i'd just be like it's been a long day i don't have the time to deal with this Yep, like I don't have time for your weird ass shit right now, Katsuki. <laughs> I just need to go home, take a nap, question my life choices in the shower. Like, I feel like that's what that's where I would be. Yeah. <laughs> and in oh. fact, you know, Izuku is doing exactly that. Like he's rallied he's rallied his spirits up again quite bravely. He's very good at doing that. He's very self-motivated. And he is actually about to, you know, question his life choices and start, you know, brainstorming a new dream. But then all Might shows up again! And then he immediately transforms back into Small Might. Blood spray. Horikoshi. Darling, we need to talk. I mean, I mean, he's got he's got the consumption. He's got missing organs. It's fine. Um, also, in that little scene, there's like a little bad backdrop of the American flag and like, sir, All Might, <laughs> you're a Westaboo, as it is. And also, I love his violent deflations. It's wonderful, and I love him. He's so much... <laughs> Gotta love a good blood spray. 
But again, honestly, it's not the most graphic thing I have seen in a shonen. Again, I am desensitized. And the drama. I'm here for the drama. Keeps me loving. Well, I'm not as familiar and I'm a fucking baby, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a baby. There's so much um, in this in this show that you're, like, freaked out by and I'm over here like, what? Yeah, it is weird, too. though, because, like, you know, I watch a you know, Nicole doesn't like horror. I do. Ooh. I watch a lot of horror movies that have a lot of, like, batshit traumatic stuff, and it doesn't bother me, but suddenly it's animated and I can't handle it. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just, again, I'm just desensitized to everything. So... <laughs> Poor Maria's just chugging along having to do <laughs> Yeah. Right now, I have just finished uh, my Red Bull, so I am high on caffeine right now <laughs> fuck yeah okay so moving along we keep getting distracted but it's fine there's it's just fine. a lot to talk about it's our um, podcast we do what we want exactly um so all might reveals to izuku that his bravery inspired him to like rally his spirits enabled him to transform defeat the villain more cherry blossoms more crying and angst my my poor sweet baby he's got the whole world on his shoulders already and he just the tears i feel that i cry at the drop of a hat yeah yeah definitely um basically he's all might is here to thank him and like redo their entire conversation and he thanks him for the inspiration of a timid corkless boy trying to save a life and it's so inspiring and just like horikoshi sure does love his inspirational acts and also a uh, cough cough obro cough cough sobbing um uh, it's we we can't handle that right now. Oh, but the parallel crying in this closet. Oh my god, we're gonna be crying so much when this comes back in season five. Anyway, he tells Izuku kind of like he gives him a flash into the history of superheroes. Mm -hmm. And he tells him how heroes move before they can think almost on their own. And in this moment, Izuku is crying and like, is Izuku happy or is he having a panic attack triggered by just his mother's words and All Might's words and everything that's happened. Like, I felt that moment when he was mm. just unable to breathe. Yeah, and I mean, that's totally fair because then All Might tells Yuzuku that actually, yes, you can, in fact, become a hero like you dream. And that's, I mean, yeah, that's big. That is really big. And I feel like Small Might admitting he was wrong was a big mm. deal. Mm -hmm. And like, the fact that he said that maybe young Midoriya <laughs> needed to be there and not any anyone else just him and that just ugh, right in the feels yeah like i completely understand him having like a mental breakdown because like i probably would have also especially considering the day because this is this feels like it all happened in like a day maybe yeah. it did yeah this is all happening so, in one day in fact it's only it's so, all happened within a few hours mm -hmm. exactly so like I've been there, done that, and I have broken down by the end of it. So mm. the fact that he just, like, was able to, like, like, I completely understand why he's having panicking. Because I probably would also be panicking and, like, losing my shit. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. And then um, as the episode ends, we get the, um, we get his narration again. And he says, this is the story of how I became the world's greatest hero. So this entire show or this entire property is all literally a huge flashback, which also means that Izuku knows everything that happens after every episode and chapter. And I'm not fine about that. I can't 
imagine future Izuku. <laughs> Poor baby. Um, I do want to point out he does not say that he's the number one hero, by the way. So just a little Easter egg, especially after we get to season four. Yeah, the meta-ness of Izuku narrating his own story and then fitting it within a typical super near superhero narrative, but then also deviating from that narrative or those narrative conventions at like very specific points is just, oh my god, it's so much. My my brain is so happy. <laughs> It's so wonderful. It is called neurodivergence. <laughs> okay, call me out like that's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine because I'm calling myself out here too. <laughs> we all just called called out. Yeah. Um so yeah, then um, you know, All Might is like, you can be a hero, young Midoriya. And then end credits. They're still the same, obviously. We will mention when they change and you know, comment and do our little analysis thing with them. Yeah. I yeah. I noticed this time that the song is spot on with the themes of the show, especially the lyrics. It doesn't matter if I cry, it doesn't matter if I stumble, like music choices, A plus. Yes. They're always. Again. All, They're all every, so good. Every Every song is so, like, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they really did good with that. Um, and then, of course, we had our preview. Um, Izuku was going to inherit, inherit a quirk. What the, what the fuck? What does that mean? I thought I didn't know that's how it worked. Uh, what the fuck is one for all? Why is Izuku lugging around a tire? And why is a literal child getting buff? All, all valid questions. That, yes. yes. Uh, but we also get the first shots of Ida and Uraraka. So... Next episode is going to be wonderful. Oh, I'm so, so excited. Good. So yeah, that is our um, timeline of the episode. And now Nicole's going to take it away um, with a little analysis on the manga differences and some Easter eggs for us. Yes, my favorite part. Really the only uh, manga difference is that one panel we mentioned earlier where Kotsky mm -hmm. kicks the bottle and the sledge monster is looming behind him very threateningly. Other than that, there were just some translation differences, which we already talked about. So yeah, they're not super significant in this episode, but they might be later. Yeah, they they get they get important, I guess. Anyway, so fan theories and Easter eggs. Um, let's see. Before we get the Sludge Monster's second attack, we get that scene lit that we talked about where Kotsky and his two friends are chatting away. And it is notable, at least to us who know what's coming, um, that the winged boy is not there. Uh, we don't know the timeline of Winged Boy's changes, as it is. Um, but just stay tuned. Keep watching. If you're reading the manga, read closely when you get to the stain arc, because it, it gets pretty sad. And by Winged yeah. Boy, again, just to reiterate, we mean the Winged Boy that helped baby Katsuki beat up baby Izuku. Yes, when they were, like, yeah. four. I'm still very proud of how I made y'all cry. Because, again... I needed to cry, so someone else needed to cry with me. How dare you? But also yeah. thank you. Yeah, how dare. Anyway, so the next one, uh, we already kind of talked about it. It's just like the pro hero who is at the fight, uh, who had the bird mask, really looks like Hawks' sidekick. And again, I just want to repeat how it would have been a wonderful, wonderful alternate timeline if Kotsky had ended up interning with Hawks. I just want to see it. <laughs> You know that um that what if show that Marvel is doing? Yes. Just a what if episode where Kosaki and Hawks have to get along. And they do interact later and it's very fucking funny. Um but yeah, that is 
imagining that is giving me so much joy because it would be so much. It would be beautiful. (laughs) I need it. Somebody get Horikoshi on the phone. Okay. Sir, if you're seeing this, we we want this. He's definitely not seeing this. (laughs) Well, he he probably can't see it. Yeah, he's hearing it, but also he's not hearing it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, and like building off of that point, we didn't talk about it above, so I can get into it now because I think about everything, especially since season five is just now getting to this arc. You could kind of dive deeper and wonder if this bird guy who... I don't think he has a name, so I'm just going to call him Bird Guy, who's mm-hmm. actually also in the Liberation the Liberation Army, and yeah. just kind of which is something that, that comes up in the current season that we're in, but we haven't gotten mm-hmm. to that yeah. in um in the anime yet. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So it, I just like thinking ahead again with that what if alternate timeline, and what if they had actually been trying to turn Gotsky to the dark side from literally this early? Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. think it's a great thing to just think about like a just to ponder but I don't personally think that there's any evidence for that since I'm pretty sure um, even if Hawks's agency is technically independent and we will get to it we will get to Hawks poor poor backstory Um, yeah him and the hero commission yeah it's uh, anyway so even if his agency is independent and not just a puppet for the Hero Commission, I don't think he would pick heroes who would also be traitors. Anyway, the bird guy, he's not even on the fan wiki, and I haven't seen him in the crowds of the Liberation Army. So none of this is actually based on any sort of reality. I just like to think about it. Yeah, it's a really because interesting thought. Especially um, when you get to the what happens after the camp arc. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think I agree with you that the scene and, like, that comment of, like, hey, come be my sidekick seems to mo- focus more on, like, you know, Kasuki's obviously negative reaction to being called a future sidekick. It's Ooh, like, darling, yes. you're not going to be number one right off the bat. Like, there's there's a process right. you have to go through. You're probably going to have to be a sidekick first. So, <laughs> you know, his <laughs> impatience right. and his refusal to face reality. I really like that theory, though. Yeah. So, Yeah. If you want to wander further down that rabbit hole, I am happy to tag along. Probably will, because I have no other joy in this life. Anyway, (laughs) uh, just to round up the final Easter eggs, uh, we had the mention of AFO in All Might's fight five years ago. And just Mm -hmm. my vague wondering of how or if it is even going to tie into the Vigilantes spinoff series. Um, But I just needed them to line it up and tell me exactly what happens. So if they don't do that, <laughs> by the time the series ends, I will be very mad. And that's, that's all I have. Maria, just read Vigilantes. I, <laughs> read it. I will. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just had like a little like blip it. Like I was just imagining what would happen if Deku, if the big three, we ha- they haven't introduced my other emo child yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're close. But we're close, yeah. But if the uh, big three those three decided to have a um, agency together. Oh my god. Good lord. I need it. What a mess. I need it. I know. They all share one brain brain cell. It's fine. (laughs) But I need it. They have to take turns with it. I want it so much right now. Oh my god. That, oh man, that would be funny. I just need a spinoff of this. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, any other points that we didn't get to that anyone wants to mention? No. Gonna I take the resounding no. silence as a no? Yeah, I think we're good. 
that's all I have for now. Okay, well, I guess we can go ahead and wrap this up then. Okay. Um, all right. This has been My Hero Analysis. You'll hear us next week. And in the meantime, go beyond plus ultra and thirst responsibly. Bye, y'all. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with us, have questions you'd like us to discuss on air, give topic suggestions for bonus episodes, or submit fan art for us to display, visit our website at myheroanalysis.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Just search for at myheroanalysis. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.